NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Both Team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. We have put Atlanta in the rearview mirror somewhat. We're going to dip back into a little Atlanta action here in just a moment, but it's hammer down into the Lone Star State of Texas for the first road course race of the year. We'll have more on that coming up, but we just wanted to revisit a couple of things from Atlanta over the weekend. Obviously, it was a very chilly weekend, but it was a weekend of first for some, including our first guest. We'll be chatting with Bill McAnally coming up. we got A.J. Allmendinger for you here in a moment. We've got our odds for this weekend at COTA and a whole lot more. Weather was chilly, we mentioned. It also was a rambunctious affair over the weekend on Saturday for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series, but the cup race at the end. Wow, Joey Logano getting his first win of the year, and it was a very intense race at the end that 
had us racing to the checkered flag and not the caution flag. So good weekend at Atlanta on the reimagined Atlanta Motor Speedway. Can't wait to get back there in the summer when the weather's going to be a whole lot warmer. And for all you race fans that weathered out the cold weather over the weekend, salute to you. Wow, it was a, you had, we had to bundle up over the weekend in Atlanta, and a lot of you did just that. We talk about first-time winners. Let's talk about the Craftsman Truck Series race. It was a pretty intense race, and at race's end, it was Christian Eckes celebrating his second win in the series, but the first win for Bill McAnally. Now, that's a name you've probably heard of from years gone by from racing out west. In the Winston West Series and all the starts that he has given drivers out there, we figured we would bring Bill in, get to know him a little better, and give him an opportunity to brag on his race team. So let's go to the NASCAR Live Wide Open Hotline and bring in the winning truck owner from Saturday's Freight 208 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Bill McAnally is with us. Bill, welcome to NASCAR Live Wide Open. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show and uh, coming off a, a great weekend. We were longtime sponsor, Nap Auto Parts, 32 seasons. They've uh, they've sponsored us, started sponsoring me in a late model back at All-American Speedway in Roseville back in 1990. I mean, to bring a truck win to them in their hometown, our first truck win, uh, a big win for us. I'm going to trace your footsteps back into those 90s in a moment, but I want to ask you about your current situation. You said winning the truck race Saturday in Atlanta. Christian Eckes behind the wheel. This is a labor of love that you've had, and right now it appears like your truck operation's firing on all all eight cylinders right now. Would you not agree with that? I would. We've got the right people in place. We've got a lot of really good people and uh, good equipment, uh, GMS chassis. We've got... Uh, the fab shop putting our bodies on chevrolet is our manufacturer just we've got all the right pieces put together and uh we're we're we've got what we need to win christian eckes came on board and he wants to do nothing more than win races and win a championship baggy and he's doing us a hell of a job what did you see in him i know he came over from thor sport he's been in the series for a couple of years what did you see in him that made you want to make him a part of what you're doing he he knew how to win first of all we're trying to build a program we wanted a driver in there that knew what he needed to be there at the end of the race and win a race and uh, he knows how to close it he's there at the end he's always contending for wins watched him the last few years in the truck series even back when he was at kbm and thor sport he did a fantastic job knew how to be there at the end and close the deal and that's that's what we needed to grow our team we needed to, somebody in the truck that knew what they need to win a race. And that, that helps us immensely. Let's back up about 10, 15,000 feet above the whole situation. You just told me the traits of a driver. What about the traits of a crew chief? Anybody that goes to work for you, you've been around this long enough to know you're a good judge of talent. What do you look for in individuals that make you want to hire them and have them be a part of your race team? Well, we definitely look for people that are willing to put the effort in to win. And uh, it, it takes effort, period, to get the results. You gotta, gotta put those efforts in. So we look for people that are willing to put the effort in, that get along well with others, the leadership that can lead and, uh, and not disrupt things. Um, we look uh, 
But for people at, the, at this level moving into it, I'm looking for people that are proven, that have done it before. I mean, bringing Charles Denike in, he's a proven winner as a crew chief. He had won races, and uh, I knew he could be competitive. He learned a lot working at GMS, working with drivers in the past, and uh, he was a great addition and asset to our program. And it seems like it's paying dividends, obviously, most recently at Atlanta. Describe for me, if you will, the landscape of the truck series right now. We mentioned Thor Sport, GMS. You're obviously working with them. There are other folks in the series as well. Just just being one of the owners, give me an assessment of where things are, are in the truck series and the competition in the series right now. I'll tell you, I've been racing uh, since I was 21 years old. Every year, racing myself for or having multiple teams racing. And this truck series today is the hardest thing to become competitive in and stay competitive. It's, uh, I've never never done anything so hard as, as this Bagman. It is uh, one competitive. I was fortunate enough to build a truck team with Michael gone and Brendan gone years ago and have Brendan race for us. And we won races and content one rookie of the year, our first year. But I'll tell you what, this level of competition in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series today, it doesn't get more fierce. Winning at this level is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, putting this all together. I imagine it is. The competition is just so tight. All right, we teased this now, and let's go back. All right, let's go all the way back. A lot of people may not know that you used to race cars. What did you race? Where did you race? What division? Take us back to Bill McAnally, the driver, back in the day. Sure. I, uh, me, me and a buddy were out at the races being race fans on a Saturday night and the announcer popped off for a thousand dollars. You can buy one of these bomber race cars. And we looked at each other and the next weekend we were out there in a bomber race car, an old 70 Chevelle, two seats in it, sharing seat time. One of us to drive one weekend, one of us to drive the next. And we just fell in love with it. And from there we went to street stocks on to late models this is the the late 80s the early 90s i was in the premier division at all american speedway and won a nascar winston racing series weekly championship that was the first year we partnered with napa auto parts so it was a great start to go out and win a weekly championship with napa back in 1990 and uh raced myself went to sonoma when when i was handed my championship trophy by NASCAR, our weekly banquet, uh, they said, hey, Bill, you ever want to go to Sonoma? We'll get you garage passes. Come on down. Ken Clapp said that. He was the NASCAR vice president of operations at that time. So I took him up on it, and I went out to Sonoma and saw the Winston West cars racing with the cup cars. I saw Jack Sellers and St. James Davis and John Krebs and all these West, Bill Schmidt, you know, out there racing with Dale Earnhardt and the cup drivers. And I was like, what is this? And it was a series within a series. Winston had started the Winston West series in 1954 to help fill the fields on the West Coast. And up till 98, we had provisionals for first and second in points. You were guaranteed to start the cup race at Sonoma and Phoenix. Before that, it was Riverside and Ontario. So, I went and bought a car. You needed a tetanus shot to work on this this car that I bought back. Man, I paid $7,500 for a West car and uh, just started putting it together, ran five races the first year, 
when we, we went after it. And by 1994, I was able to run the whole season. And we finished top 10 in points running the Winston West. I was still working at the utility company full time, just uh, dreaming of becoming a full time driver, seeing Rick Corelli and Ron Hornaday, Bill Sedgwick, all the staples of the West Coast that were getting it done and dominating back in those days. But uh, uh, eventually, uh, I had just burnt the candle at both ends, trying to race myself, trying to raise the money to go race and, and do it. And I, I remember sitting on the wall at California Speedway. I told a, a driver that this is probably my last race, man. I'm just, I got kids at home and a job and this is too dang hard. And uh, next thing you know, after that race, that driver, Gary Smith and his dad, a four-time champion in the West came to me and said, Bill, if you're serious about not driving, we could bring some funding to help you if you want Gary to drive your car. And I thought about it, scratched my head. We went and tested and it was the best thing I ever did in my life was get out of that car, be able to focus on building a championship race team. We won our third race together at Portland Speedway and went on the next year, winning our first championship in the Winston West with Sean Woodside. Closed that in Japan, the first ever NASCAR championship won on foreign soil. 1999, the Winston West championship was determined at Gwenrig Motegi. And from then, got together with Brendan Gone and Michael Gone. And uh, we built a program, built a shop there in Las Vegas. Brendan won us West Championships in 2000 and 2001. So now we've got three West Championships in a row. Um, built a truck team to get Brendan the next step. Went out and won Texas Motor Speedway. We won the O'Reilly's 300 in the Napa Auto Parts truck. It couldn't be any better. It was a big day for us. Brendan went on to, to win Rookie of the Year that year and... Uh, I continued running the West and uh, had some great drivers in the West through the years that we've been able to develop and work with. Austin Cameron, um, we had to work, teamed up with uh, Richard Childers and RC would send me drivers like uh, Carrie Earnhardt, Peyton Sellers, Sarah Fisher, Clint Boyer. We got to work with Clint. We did some of the first testing and he got us a pole at California Speedway in the West cars. but. Uh, just a, a lot of fun, was able to work with uh, Cole Custer, um, Chase Briscoe, Todd Gilliland, of course, Derek Krause, but uh, had a lot of fun out here on the West and doing that. And in 2018, we put a truck together, bought a truck from Duke Thorson, Junior Joiner helped us out, his brother Ty was working for me, and we took that to Phoenix and uh, unfortunately, I was misled how easy it'd be to go truck racing. Went out there and practiced in the top 10, qualified in the top 10, finished eighth. This was with our ARCA team and Derek in his first truck race, Derek Kraus. And I was like, man, we could go truck racing. This ain't this bad. And man, I'll tell you what, I have been humbled. This truck racing is hard. We got very lucky in our first effort there at Phoenix, but it's been a fight and a battle getting the right people together, the right parts, the right pieces. And we've got it all together and, and moving forward now. You know, it's amazing. A lot of folks say that, oh, there's this untapped talent in the Southeast or in New England and all that, but a lot of folks don't realize how much talent has come from the West Coast. And you've been in the middle of all that by what you've just described. But there is that bastion of talent that is west of the Mississippi, out in California, out in that part of the country, that if it wasn't like 
for things like the Winston West Series, the Southwest Tour, even the Craftsman Truck Series, we would not have even known that these drivers ever existed. What are your thoughts on just the talent out West and honing all that talent and getting them prepped and ready for the next steps, which lead them obviously to the big stage in the Cup, the Xfinity, and what is now the Craftsman Truck Series? Well, I'll tell you, the, the Winston West back then, K&N, Arca Series, it gives us that platform to do that out here west. And being here since 1954, the series has a place. I mean, we, we go into towns like Roseburg, Oregon, or up in Denver, uh, Salt Lake City. This is the only NASCAR race. You, you would think a cup race come into town sometimes. You go to the cafes or filling stations or whatever you're doing and people are talking. There's a huge buzz, a lot of excitement, but there's talented racers on the West Coast. I mean, the truck series, that that allowed the step for a lot of them to move forward. Rick Corelli, Ron Hornaday, who's in the Hall of Fame now, you know, cut his teeth out here at Saugus and started touring and become the driver he is on the West Coast. It's great to have Hornaday in the Hall of Fame and Herschel McGriff now, another West Coast guy in the Hall of Fame. But hell, we've had car owners from the West Coast. I mean, Dale Earnhardt drove for a West Coast car owner. Mike Kerb's been involved in in all kinds of race and all kinds of motorsports, and he's West Coast based. So there's a, a lot of good young racers. There's a lot of good tracks out on the West Coast. And the, the Arca West Series gives these drivers a place to develop and to move forward. And, and that's what we're looking for. We're dealing with, we've got young Tanner Reif right now, a young man that we're, we're grooming, running the West with, and we'll get him ready. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll move up the ladder. You mentioned that Napa's been with you for 32 years. Just to think that it started with a PA announcer basically saying, hey, come race one of these cars for a thousand bucks. And you said Napa's been with you since that point. How have you been able to maintain that relationship and then graduate them with you to the upper levels of the sport? How have you been able to make that happen? It's it's a crazy story. There was a Napa store that was helping me. I'd go in and buy my parts. I'd frequent it. And he'd give me a tube of silicone or a gasket. He'd help me out what he could, but he's one Napa store owner. He came out to Roseville to All-American Speedway and there was an all-pro auto parts car, fully painted on the hood, the quarter panels, the colors. And we beat him that night with a small little Napa sticker on our car. And he's like, Bill, how how can we make your car a Napa car like that all-pro auto parts store? I said, heck, you pay my tire bill. We'll make it a Napa car. And he, he asked, how much is your tires? I said, about, about 500 bucks a week. And he's like, I can't do that, but I'll get you a meeting with the general manager at Napa Sacramento that services 117 Napa stores. So I went in and met with him. He happened to have the representative for Valvoline there, the representative for Wicks Filters, and the Sherwin-Williams Martin Senor Paints rep there. And they all offered to give me product. He walked me into the DC, the tools and equipment rep was there. He said, hey, I'll give you $5,000 worth of tools. So it started off totally product. And then we started doing grand openings and sales events, bringing the car out, signing autographs, putting kids in the cars. And they saw the value in it and what it could do for them selling auto parts. Just an amazing tie. I mean, NASCAR racing at any level and selling automotive parts. And it just built from then, 1999, was the first year that headquarters sponsored us out of Atlanta. Before that, 
it was the individual divisions of Napa that sponsored us. And we just grew up from one distribution center that served 117 stores to two, to the Western division that serves the seven DCs. Then we got the mountain division. It was just a slow stepping stone. We had to prove ourselves and sell ourselves to the distribution centers, to the ad councils, to the store owners. And they, they loved it and they loved what we do. And I'd say the success with our program with Napa Auto Parts, we realize what they want to do, Bagman. They want to sell auto parts. They love racing, but at the end of the day, their business is selling auto parts. So we try to tie selling auto parts into our racing to make us an integral part of a sales tool for them. So we do things like where people can earn tickets to the races or VIP garage passes or rides in our two-seater ride car, or we've actually helped design a tool truck that goes to Napa stores and sells Napa branded tools and equipment and all the other manufacturers that Napa supplies in their tool and equipment. So we're always thinking what we can do to help them move the needle and sell tools and equipment, tying us in, weaving us in to our racing and what our racing could do to help them do what they want to do. And that's selling tools, selling parts and doing what Napa does. Absolutely fascinating. Before we let you go, what's next? You've done a lot in the last 32 plus years or so. What's next for you, this truck series team, you in general, what does the future hold? I'll tell you, I want to, it's a, it's a tough task to get competitive. I want to stay competitive in this NASCAR Craftsman truck series. I want to contend for a championship. I want to win a championship. We've been fortunate enough to win 11 uh, championships out West in the, the K&N, ARCA, Winston West. We did it when it was Camping World West. Uh, a lot of different sponsors wouldn't have been able to win 11 championships out here. We want to become a regular contender in the truck series, which is a big task. They make it hard. The, the people like David Gilliland with Tricon and, and like you were talking, Thorosport, GMS, there's some competitive teams out there, Nice, that we're contending with week in and week out. But that that's my goal, Barry man is to be competitive in the trucks and contend for championships and win a nascar truck championship well we wish you the best in doing that a lot of us have heard your name for years going all the way back to those west days glad that you're finding success in the truck series you found it over the weekend with christian eckes and we wish you the best in getting that truck series championship and whatever the future may hold for you i appreciate it Bagman. thank you for all you do and uh we'll keep listening to you that is the legendary Bill McAnally, a mainstay for three-plus decades out west, coming east to race in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series and winning over the weekend. He wants that championship. Well, if he keeps putting in races like that and his team keeps putting in races like that, he could very well be in contention to win the championship this year and in the years to come in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Appreciate Bill's time. Let's shift gears here. Had a chance to spend some time with A.J. Allmendinger over the weekend in the NASCAR Cup Garage and in the NASCAR um, realm. When we think of A.J. Allmendinger, we think of road course racing and things of that nature. We had a we had a, a big block of time that we spent with A.J. over the weekend. You may have heard part of that interview on NASCAR Live Tuesday at 7 Eastern. Well, we had some quote-unquote cutting room floor audio that we wanted to bring you the balance of that interview it ends on a funny note but we also start on a more serious note where if you remember last year at circuit of the americas 
AJ was poised and in position to perhaps pull off the checkered flag. Late race contact with Ross Chastain saw AJ spinning, Alex Bowman spinning, and Chastain getting that checkered flag. Let's start there with trying to process the disappointments of last year and getting over that Coda win. This again, AJ Allmendinger from over the weekend at Atlanta. I mean, you were you were on the verge of winning that race. You said 33rd place finish. That's got to sting considering the day you had and the opportunity that you missed. How long does it take to, we? well, going back to the AJ that was in the, and I can only imagine that AJ in the helmet that day, but how long did it take you to process that and get beyond it as much as you could? Uh, I was I was beyond it by the end of the night. It, it's it, it's one of those things that try to take the positives. We had a shot to win win a cup race. I think what's hard is is you know especially for a team like ours and you know my situation. You don't get a ton of opportunities at times to to win covers. They're hard to win. I mean, you look at the guys that haven't won races in a while. I mean, they're it's it's not easy to win a cup race, and you just get. It, I think that's what's hard about it is. Like, oh, we were so close to winning one, and it, it doesn't happen. And, you know, for instance, the, the Roval's the same way when we finished fourth. You know, we had a, a car that possibly could have won that race, and it, it didn't work out. So I think more than anything, that's the difficult part of it is is in those in those chances that you have a chance to win a race and it doesn't happen. It's just hard because you we're, we're a team. We want to get to the Hendricks of, and, and Penske's where you're – giving yourselves a shot every week but we're not there right now so you just hope you take advantage of the opportunities when it's there so really i was over it and and put it in the back of your mind you live and learn like okay we know what, what happens at the end of a race now and, and all bets are off but uh other than that it's i was i was done with it it's funny you bring it up that way because you're not the first person to say that that Things have gotten aggressive, and there's drivers out there that will that will take advantage of the of situations that lead to contact and just a very rambunctious nature to things. Have you witnessed this? I mean, is this something new to you? Not necessarily in the series, but just just overall, it seems like a lot of gentlemen's agreements or a lot of courtesy is out the window, and it's you know give and take has now turned to grab and go. Have you watched this? And what are your thoughts on that's the way things are handled now on the racetrack? Yeah, it's definitely changed since I've been in the sport. You know, you used to see the days where people would wave each other by, and and uh, if you caught somebody early in a race, you had the respect, and they kind of waved you by, and and they expected the same when it happened to you, and, and roles were reversed. You know, that was something that Jeff and Jimmy and Tony and Mark, all those guys, they'd always kind of input into me right away they said hey we don't we don't need to like you but we just got to respect you and this is how we go about it right now it's changed but with that said the race cars have changed and it's you give up a position you may not ever get that back i mean it's so hard everybody's so close now and at times it's very tough to pass so nobody wants to give an inch because they know god if we get shuffled out and we lose three or four spots i mean that that could mean seconds over a run that can mean getting lapped during the run and you may never get that back so track position at every racetrack that we go to is so critical that i think that's why the racing is the way it is now and then on top of it it's went from kind of that little bit of bump and run to now full aggression and that's just the way it is for everybody and if you don't do it then then you're you're going to be on the, the short end of it so everybody kind of ramps that up and that's the way we race now 
But why is it that way? Why why can't drivers get their arms around this? If everyone's in the same space, is it because not everyone's going to get the message or there'll be the one guy that goes counter course? If everybody tries to get their arms around this and tries to guys, let's back this down. Let's not wipe each other out here. Let's race with a little courtesy, a little respect. Is it that not everyone's going to get it or understand it? Why can't this be done? For, the, for those that are wondering, well, it's a problem. We should do something about it, but it is the way it is. How do you address this? Well, I... Is it a problem? I mean, like from from your guys' end of it, do you do you like watching well, it? Like business it? is good for us, but I know the reactions that we get from you guys behind the wheel, and everyone, quote unquote, has that problem with the style of racing, but yet no one is stepping up to do anything about it. Can something be done? I don't. I, I honestly don't even know if it's a problem. It's just the way racing is now, and and yeah, I, I think I think we all just know, like you're just not. <laughs> This is the way it is now, and it's easy to sit there in drivers' meetings and everybody sing "Kumbaya." And we make some s'mores and like, "Hey, this race, let's take it easy on each other." And we drop the green because when we tighten those helmets, we just kind of lose brain cells. And it's like, <laughs> no, first guy, you're like, "Hey," you know, like guy goes to let you by, the next guy moves you out of the way, and you're like, "What the hell? We just made s'mores together, like." So it's not ever going to happen like that. So we just know the way it is. By the way, are you a s'mores fan? Um, no, not really. So that's probably the reason why people don't like me. Maybe you make bad s'mores. Maybe that's yeah, why you can't broker this why, deal. That's why the drivers are like, no, we're not listening to AJ. His s'mores suck. I don't know about you, but I'm a fan of s'mores and hope that all of you have good s'more making abilities or s'mores making abilities out there. Always a pleasure visiting with A.J. Allmendinger. So glad we got that opportunity over the weekend at Atlanta. All right, let's get the odds squared away here for this weekend's racing at Coda. We bring in producer Trey. I'm very curious about what Las Vegas thinks about our first road course race of the year, Trey. Very interesting odds for this weekend at Coda as we've documented all week long on NASCAR Live Tuesday. And again here today, a very star-studded race because of the championships that are represented in the field. I'll get to those, I guess we're going to call them road course ringers this week, and the odds on those guys in just a moment. But we'll start with the favorites as usual. Kyle Larson is the favorite this weekend, according to Vegas. He is at 6-1, to one, looking to continue Chevy's dominance, even though it was broken up by Ford last week at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And then right behind him, two other Chevys and two guys who have won at Coda as well. Kyle Busch, who won the inaugural Xfinity race at Circuit of the Americas. And then the defending winner of this race, the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix, Ross Chastain, both sit at 7-1. to one. My pick, though, this weekend, I'm going to go with the guy who might have had the best car in Coda last year, the guy who dominated stage one, the guy who fell out of the race because of a mechanical failure. I'm going Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez won his first race in the NASCAR Cup Series on a road course at Sonoma last year, and he might have been the guy to beat at Coda, and it might have been Suarez getting Trackhouse's first win instead of Ross Chastain if it weren't for you know, some interesting strategy with staying out to win the stage that was done by his team there last year. And then he ends up further in the back, has the power steering fa- failure, and falls out of the race. I think Suarez is going to be hungry to go back to Coda and to win this weekend. And I think he can do it. Now, long shots. Here's where I'm going to get into those guys who are road course ringers this weekend. We've got quite a few of them. And one of the long shots that I really like this weekend is Jordan Taylor, who is filling in 
for Chase Elliott in the nine car. Jordan sits at 33 to one. And of those ringers, Jordan has the best odds to win, according to Las Vegas. And if you ask other guys at Hendrick Motorsports, because of the time he's had testing that Garage 56 car, Alex Bowman straight up said, Jordan Taylor's going to go to Coda and kick all of our butts. So Kyle Larson is the favorite, but I would not be surprised to see Jordan Taylor contend for the win. He's at 33-1. to Behind him, Kimi Raikkonen, who is getting his second start in that Trackhouse Project 91 entry. He sits at 40-1. to Right behind him, Jimmy Johnson, 50-1. to And then Jensen Button, 100-1 to in that Rick Ware, Stuart Haas racing collaborative effort. Jensen also has a lot of time testing in that Garage 56 entry. It's going to be interesting uh, to see if these guys can improve on what Kimi was able to do. Kimi got tangled up in a bit of a mess last year at Watkins Glen, but they'll have extra practice because of the change in the package uh, to the road course racing uh, this weekend, the same as the, the short track package that was introduced at Phoenix, so they'll have that hour of practice time to get used to it. But Jordan Taylor, I like as a long shot at 33 to 1. And keep an eye on these sports books. A lot of times they introduce the featured matchups going into the weekend. So you might be able to get a matchup there where they say, out of these guys, out of Taylor, Johnson, Button, and Raikkonen, which one finishes the best? I like Taylor in that matchup. And then one more long shot I like at 50 to 1, Ty Gibbs. Very good road course racer. We saw him beat Kyle Larson heads up in the Xfinity Series last year. He's fresh off of his first top 10 in the Cup Cup Series, finishing ninth at Atlanta. He needs to get some momentum going. Denny Hamlin said that Ty's been very hard on himself. I think maybe some road course racing might be the medicine for what Ty Gibbs needs and possibly contend up there. But it's going to be interesting to see if Toyota's better at road courses this year. So many unknowns, so many changes. I'm very excited for Coda this weekend. And you mentioned Ty Gibbs, who'll also be running on Saturday for Joe Gibbs Racing in the number 19 car in the Xfinity Series race there. When you look at this entry list, there are 20 drivers with at least one championship. Of the 39 cars entered, that means 51% of the field has a title to their credit. When you add all of them up, 37 championships worldwide will be represented when the green flag flies Sunday in the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix. Trey, appreciate the odds. It's going to be interesting to see what Jensen Button, what Connor Daly, what Jordan Taylor, Kimi Raikkonen, Jimmy Johnson have to offer as they go up against the regulars of the NASCAR Cup Series. The Performance Racing Network will have coverage of the Cup race on Sunday, also Saturday as well. And by the way, speaking of all the changes and all the newness Sunday, five things that will play in to what will make up the race. First of all, new tire for the Cup cars. The restart zone has been shrunk down to the dimensions of last year. We tried the expanded restart zone in the first five races of this year. NASCAR has opted to go back to what we had last year. The choose rule for the first time coming to the green flag on a road course. That'll happen Sunday. The new aerodynamic package, it'll be race two. The first was at Phoenix. And there will be no cautions at the end of stage breaks this weekend. There will be stage conclusions. We won't stop the racing We'll award the points and whatnot at the stage lengths, but we'll keep digging. And uh, some drivers thinking that, well, perhaps maybe we could go caution-free in uh, maybe a race or some races this weekend. We'll all find out together. Motor Racing Network will be at Coda 
covering the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. It'll be the Expel 225 Saturday, MRN on the air at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, we'll follow all the action from Coda. We'll get ready to go into Richmond the following week, where we'll have you covered even the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour next week. We'll recap it all for you on NASCAR Hot Pass, NASCAR Today, MRN's Coast to Coast. You've got um, just crew call. We've got NASCAR Live Tuesday. We've got a lot to keep track of coming out of Coda getting ready to go into Richmond. So with all that being said, appreciate the download. Thanks for checking us out. For producer Trey and the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Can't wait to get to Coda, see how all this is going to shake out. And then, of course, we'll talk about it next week right here on NASCAR Live and all of our programming here on the Motor Racing Network. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 